Good evening and welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, and I bring you greetings on behalf of my co-host, Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr. We here at the Lotus Flower Podcast aim to educate, empower, and equip our listening audience with culturally relevant, spiritually uplifting educational topics. The podcast airs on YouTube, on the Emerging Hope YouTube channel, and also airs on several audio platforms, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Wix.com, and Reason.com. You may listen to the podcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week at your leisure. We hope and pray that you are blessed by the episode this evening. Before we bring forth our guest, however, we want you to know that it is the flower that blooms in adversity that is the greatest of them all, the lotus flower. Oftentimes, the lotus flower grows in the mud and the muck and the mire. It grows in this treacherous situation only to bloom and blossom into this beautiful pink and white flower that comes up out of that situation untarnished without any mud on it. And then it repeats the process every day. It goes back in the evening. It actually goes back down up under that mud and muddy water and it blooms back again in the morning. The Bible talks to us about that we are God's fragrance. And I believe that that flower gives off a beautiful fragrance to all that comes in contact with it. Well, our Bible likens the fragrance of God to the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, 14 through 16, when it talks about that this spiritual aroma that we encounter when we get Christ Jesus in our lives, it blesses the hearts of God. It says, for we are God's fragrance to Christ. The father loves to see the life of his son being expressed in and through our daily living. And I would like for you all to know that our guests, they are a fragrance to you. Their very lives gives off this very sweet aroma. Why? Because they're rooted and grounded in the Holy Spirit. Many of our guests, when people have met them and have come in contact with them, they have been blessed just by their very presence. And that lets me know back to the scripture once again in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16, that our guests are likened to the fragrance of God. And for that, we're grateful. Once again, it is the lotus flower that blooms in adversity. And when a flower is able to bloom through life's adversity, it is because it has God's grace on it. Our guest has God's grace in their lives. So today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Dr. Adrienne Jackson. And we are super excited that she said yes to being our special guest, Dr. Adrian Jackson.
Yes, Dr. Adrian Jackson. Dr. Jackson's life actually signifies the traits of the lotus flower. Her life is one of beauty, futility, prosperity, and she is a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ. This very beautiful lady, not only is beautiful on the outside, but she is beautiful on the inside as well. Why? Because she has the Holy Spirit living throughout her being, and it radiates from the inside out. You know, there's something on the inside working on the outside that brought about a change in Dr. Jackson's life. Dr. Adrian Jackson is a prevention operation manager for the United States Air Force. She served as a specialist for the primary prevention of violence with the United States Air Force for about a year and a half before her recent promotion. She has served as the director of the Florida A&M University's Bachelor's of Social Work program. Dr. Adrian has attended Florida A&M University, Barry University, and holds a PhD from the University of Florida State Higher Education Program in Administration. Dr. Adrian is the proud mother of two, the partner, daughter, sister, aunt, and friend to many. She draws her inspiration from her family to be the best version of herself. We would like to welcome Dr. Adrian Jackson to the Lotus Flower Podcast this evening. Dr. Jackson. Hello, Dr. Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us this evening for the Lotus Flower Podcast. Would you greet our guests at this time? Hello, everybody. Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you again, Dr. Robinson, for having me just to talk a little bit with your audience this evening. So I'm really excited about this opportunity and look forward into, you know, pouring into your listeners. And my prayer is that something that I say resonates with someone listening and that they too will have the seed planted. We know that, you know, we can plant seeds, but we know that some of us plant some water, but we know ultimately it's God who gives the increase. So my prayer is that somebody is blessed by our conversation today. Thank you. And thanks again. Today, we want to talk about a conversation with Dr. AJ, Dr. Jackson. And as we move into our conversation, we want to talk about with Dr. Jackson, how faith has moved her career and her personal life to the purpose that God orchestrated for her before the foundation of the world. Would you expound a little bit on that, Dr. Jackson? Absolutely. So for me, um, purpose has been a very, um, that's been something that I have been tuned into just from the time as well, me as a child to me in adulthood. So for me coming into the field of social work, I'm a social worker by training. I have my master's in social work from Barry University. Um, when I thought about, you know, what am I going to do? 
I decided to grab Rick Warren's book, uh, Perfect, The Purpose Driven Life. Um, I read that and did the 40-day devotional where you go through these devotions each day, some readings, and you write some things down, and it's to help you ultimately discover your purpose. So as I just, you know, went through those things, I discovered, okay, I should be doing something with families, something therapy related. So I had to think about, you know, well, what does that actually look like? And under the guidance of some of my friends who were actually doing their master's in social work at the time, I had first thought about doing the master's in psychology and they said, well, why consider social work? So, you know, I went through and I decided, okay, I'm going to get my master's in social work. And at first I was so nervous about getting a master's in social work because we know the stigma that comes from being social workers, right? We say social workers don't make any money. Social workers just take people's kids. You know, we hear all these things about social workers. And one of my dear friends, one of my best friends, Yukia, she said, listen, she was like, you know, this is something that God is leading you to. You know, wherever God guides you, he will provide. And ultimately your gifts are going to make room for you and bring you before great men. And from that day ever since, God has not stopped blessing me in this area of social work. So I went ahead, I got that um, master's degree, and I started um, being very deliberate about applying for jobs, doing what it is I felt I was purposed to do. I had several mentors throughout the process, and ultimately I ended up um, in the field of social work, initially doing dropout prevention programming. So I was working with children in the school system in middle schools, trying to help them decide not to drop out of school, which was tedious. I loved the program, but it was grant funded. And that program only lasted about maybe a year and a half before the grant ended. And then I was on to the next area in social work um, where I ended up doing therapy, in-home therapy with teenage girls who were pregnant and or parenting. I mean, that was a, that was, that job was a doozy. It was a lot of stress. It was, it weighed heavily on me because of the situation some of the girls lived in. But ultimately, I believe that for every position that I've been in, God has purposed me to do something in the lives of whoever I was with for those seasons. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I, I then decided to start doing my own nonprofit work. So one of the things I did with my own nonprofit I started doing domestic violence, dating violence, sexual assault, stalking, and human trafficking work through my own nonprofit at the time. It was named Not On My Watch. So, you know, I got that inspiration from saying, you know what, I don't want to see these things happen to people. And you know how we say that's not going to happen on my watch. That was the impetus for me creating that organization. So I went ahead, I created that organization. And I was doing some great work. Now, mind you, that was work I was not getting paid to do. I was doing that in my free time. I had ended up actually moving on to working for the school system, doing partnerships for the school district when I finally decided that I wanted to go back to get my PhD. So I had been, you know, working, doing school-based business partnerships. And, you know, I had this great resume because I've done all these awesome things I was looking to move actually to the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And I applied for maybe, I say 900 jobs in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area with no response. I applied to one job in the state of Florida. 
which was in Tallahassee at Florida A&M University, um, also known as FAMU, my alma mater. I applied to a job coordinating a grant that was funded by the Office on Violence Against Women doing uh, interpersonal violence programming on campus. And that's the one job I got an interview for and that I got. <laughs> so I knew I wanted to go back into higher ed. I knew at that time I wanted to earn my PhD and I figured the best way to do that was to get back into the university setting. So I took that job at FAMU and I took a hefty pay cut because now I was making great money. I have never worked uh, in a position where I was struggling until I took that role. <laughs> I took a, a large pay cut because my eldest daughter had graduated high school already and I was ready to move forward with what I felt God was leading me to do. So I prayed about it. I had a peace about it. And, you know, everybody thought I was crazy for leaving my great, my good county job to go and start over in Tallahassee, but it proved to be a blessing because when I got there, you know, I led that grant for about a year, a year and a half. I, you know, it's something special about that time, that, that time frame, <laughs> that uh, 18 months time frame. I, I led that grant program and my boss at the time, she was the associate dean of the college of social sciences, arts and humanities. And, you know, she, she called me one day, you know, and it was over the summer. It was in the month of May. She called me and she was like, you know, hey, Adrian, how you doing? Now, and it, it wasn't um, not, it wasn't abnormal that she called me. She would call a check up on me sometimes because she was very hands off. Once I proved I was competent, she didn't really bother me. So I was like, hey, doc, how are you? And she's like, I'm doing well. She's like, how you doing? And so I'm thinking, am I going to get fired? Because she was kind of dealing with me very gently. I'm like, I'm doing well. How are you, ma'am? And she's like, I'm doing good. She says, I want to talk to you about something. So I said, okay. And at this time now, I, I had been taking this big pay cut <laughs> to get this job. Okay. And she said, she said, you know what? She said, I've been trying to figure out, I need somebody to lead the Bachelor of Social Work program. And I've been sitting and I've been wondering who can I get to do this? And your name popped up. And I was like... I was excited because that was a $30,000 increase. <laughs> it was God. doing what I wanted to do. And the blessing mm -hmm. was, you know, I, I followed um, a reverend for a long time, Dr. Um, Dr. Cindy Trim for a yes. season. And, yes. and one of the things that she would always, I, I used to visit her church a lot when she was in Fort Lauderdale, when she was pastoring. And yes. she used to always say one prayer. She would say, you should always pray, Lord, keep me on the hearts and minds of those who want to bless me. Amen. I, Amen. I would pray that prayer. And when she said, I was just sitting there and I was like, Lord, who? And he just said, you know what? What about Adrian? Listen, I almost had a Holy Ghost party in that office. I oh, was like, they'll contain because I was like, <laughs> thank God, because my money was looking funny. But oh, my. <laughs> definitely answered my prayers and gave yes. me a wonderful opportunity in the meantime as well. So I think a lot of that was, I mean, and I tell people all the time, I'm a preacher's kid. You yes. know, I go to church. I mean, I mean, I go to church every Sunday, but my prayer life, I, I, I have an active prayer life and my relationship with God has kept and sustained me through many seasons. Amen. So I think stepping out on faith, moving to Tallahassee and taking that pay cut ultimately led me to that place, you know, okay. that I was able to work for. I worked at FAMU for five years 
mm-hmm. earned my PhD, you know, at Florida State, right across the street at Florida State, but they supported me a lot and they gave me the opportunity to build on my skills to do what I enjoyed also. Mm-hmm. So that was my first time getting paid to do what I loved. That's so I had been doing it for free my, all my, before my. that. So God decided to give me some <laughs> double for my trouble. So I'm excited. So that that is how your faith moved you and your personal life led you right into the purpose of God. And it sounds like, you know, you weren't you weren't looking for that job as a no. director of that program of school Not social bachelor's, but the Lord had already foresaw, he foreknew that was going to open for you because he saw your faithfulness in serving somewhere where you weren't even being paid. Yes. And, and that isn't ain't that just like God. How yes. He pulls up and he blesses us because he can see that we can be trusted, you know, and he saw your heart and he, you said you were about to have a Holy Ghost party in, the, in that office. Yes, God was just showed up and showed out. And I want someone in our listening audience that's wondering, well, I am doing this and I'm doing that and things just aren't lining up. But I want you to check yourself just like Dr. Jackson did. She said her prayer life was there and she put God first. So someone that's listening or will listen to this podcast episode, make sure that you put God first. The Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all the other things will be added. Yes, ma'am. Unto you. And that it's not like magic, you know, and hocus pocus is faith. Having faith, the substance of things hoped for. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You heard God, didn't you? He heard God. And when God spoke, she listened. When God put it on her heart, so she was seeking out what her career was going to be. And God put it on her heart that you are to help somebody. This is what I have purposed you to do. And she had had little money, income, know-how, but had a mentor and had God. And she followed that path right into her purpose. So that first point that we talked about, how faith moves your career and your personal life, to your purpose, I want you to note what Dr. Jackson had did so that you can do the same thing because God is no respecter of persons. That's like right. he did it for Dr. Jackson, he'll do it for you. Amen. Yes. Yes. Well, did you want to add anything else to, to that? Well, no, I mean, that was, you were just right on point that it's, it's about moving your faith and also being fluid and allowing God to do things. You know, one of my favorite passages of scripture is that, you know, it's in Psalms that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. It's not just about God blessing you on what you think you want. When you yes. develop your spirit, your prayer life and, your, and you, you're doing what it is that you need to do to honor God, he will synchronize and syncopate you to what his desire is. So now my heart's desire becomes what God wants for me. So it was being able to not be stuck in what I thought I wanted, but allowing God to do above and beyond what I even thought was possible. So also being just okay with moving the way God leads and not being so stuck in wanting to do everything the way you think it should happen. 
that's right. This is natural, this natural fleshly body that we're in. We sometimes have to put that stuff to rest. We got to yes. put the flesh and crucify the flesh. The Bible says daily to crucify the flesh. That means to push it down and let the spirit reign and let the spirit rule us in all. By our spiritual eye, we should be able to see. We walk in by sight. Uh, we're not walking by sight. We're walking by faith. And we thank God for, for you for being spiritually mature. And we're not, and I am not, and I'm sure Dr. Jackson isn't either, um, uh, coming against anyone that may not be there yet. But this is a push. Yes. This is a push to nudge you to get there. You know, the hour is late. We're living in a dark time. We see that all over our world now, especially right here in the United States. And so God wants you to get in a hurry and get lined up and move into the, your purpose so that you can fulfill it and actually be, be of use to his kingdom, not just to your church family, but I said kingdom. That means globally, right, Dr. Jackson? Yes, you moved several times. You didn't just yes. stay right there with your family. That's but right. When God told you to move somewhere far from your family. I, I kept going just as he did with Abram. He told them to move. He didn't stop. He didn't say, oh, well, let me check with my mama. Let me see what, what, what my wife wants to do. When God says move, you have to be willing to go. And we see what happened. He inherited the promised land. So I'm just keeping forward and moving toward the promise. And I know that, you know, there is something great even greater. I'm doing great now, but I know that even this isn't the best that God can do. So I am, you know, excited for this season, but even more excited to see how God continues to use me in the lives now of the airmen here uh, with the United States Air Force. That's a amen. That's amazing. Once again, this is the Lotus Flower Podcast, season two, episode 20. And we have with us Dr. Adrian Jackson, and she is a newly earned, yes. highly decorated PhD scholar that we have with us this evening. And I am honored, Dr. Jackson, to be in your presence this evening. Once again, Dr. Jackson, how has using your natural talents helped you to shape your career? You know, when I when I think about my natural talent, people will tell you I've, I've never met a stranger. I've always been a talker, probably to a fault, because growing up in school, talking wasn't always great. And my parents would tell you, oh, this one here got a mouth on her. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that some of that, uh, my ability to talk to people and to just be very confident um, that's helped me in my career, not only now as I, you know, do programming for the Air Force, I do a lot of trainings, but before now, you know, I taught, I, I was a professor, I did was a director of social work, and I've always had careers where I had to speak to people, but you know what gave me that confidence to speak to people? I will thank my parents, Pastor Aaron and Gloria Jackson for keeping me in church in every mm -hmm. Easter speech every Christmas speech, every welcome. In times I've been thrown in the pulpit to deliver a message, I was reared. They say, train up a child in the way they would go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. That talent was reared in the church. So Amen. when I interview Amen. well, it's because I've been talking my whole, since I could talk, that was from happy Easter, everybody. 
to giving the whole narrative on the Christmas on when Jesus came. All those things have helped shape me and given me Amen. the kind to talk to people. So Amen. it's been a blessing. Amen. So y'all hear that out there. Y'all people that have those little kids out there doing those Easter speeches. That's right. There and they sometimes they want to do it and everything, but it's all working together for the good. It's all working together. Y'all heard Dr. Jackson said that it was those things that developed her to be the woman that she is today, the prolific speaker that she is today, all because her parents pushed her in church and they had her speaking before she could even halfway talk. Thank God yeah. for that. Thank God. So those that are listening under the sound of our voices tonight, don't discount the small beginnings That's because right. you don't know where it's going to take you to. Amen. Amen. So your natural talent shaped your career. Yes, uh, yeah, it absolutely did. My ability to just talk to people and that helped as a social worker, you know, as a fellow social worker, that we have to be comfortable talking to people and help getting them to build rapport with us before we can kind of do some of those clinical interventions. Being comfortable around people, it's helped me in all of my careers. You know, it's really helped that I was, I've just been comfortable talking. And even just pulling things out of people that they may not have seen, it's been great. You know, and I tell, you know, I think I shared this with you also. I share with my students all the time. I like to share with them because everything that I have in me, when I'm dead and gone, I can't take it with me. I want it to live on through somebody else. So I love mentoring. I love teaching. I love pouring into people because I say, listen, there's room for all of us to do great things for the kingdom of God. So I think it's up to us to help arm people with what they need in order to be successful. So I love talking to people about careers. When I hear things are happening, I'm going to share them with people because I say, listen, if God has done it for me, he surely can do the same thing and even more for you. So I tell people I'm excited about, you know, where they're going in their life, because I say when when one of us is successful, we are all successful because we're doing all of this for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. And um, as an African-American woman that has reached the higher upper lunge of education, you have reached the Ph.D. level. I would um, only roughly 30 percent, if that high, of African-Americans reach the level of a, a PhD and you have obtained that. Can you tell me a little bit about that journey and um, how it went for you? Was it an easy journey or was it a journey that was um, somewhat difficult and challenging or or did you just did you just kind of go right through it as you got in, you went right through from start to finish with, with no, um, um, with no opportunities to have to, you know, take a setback and say, well, is this really what I should be doing? Because maybe it got a little rough at times. Yep. So the, the journey to the PhD, that was, oh my, that was a journey. Um, when I decided I wanted to go to school, I, I, you know, I went to the university, I, I got back into the university system because in the state of Florida, they mm -hmm. will pay six credit hours a semester. And I was like, I'm not taking out any loans. But then once I got in with another mentor, mentorship, I'm going to keep saying mentor. So if, if okay. children are listening or even adults, mentorship mm -hmm. is important. Getting connected to people who will help you, that is important. But mm -hmm. I 
talked to a few people and I said, well, I want to get my PhD, but now I, I got it. I'm into this, the university system, but I'm like, no, I want to go faster. I don't want to take six credits. It's going to take me seven years to get this PhD. So okay. I, I applied for a fellowship <laughs> and I applied for what is, it's the McKnight Doctoral Fellowship in Florida. And okay. it, it gives funding to black and brown people for their PhDs. So I ended up earning, I, I, I was awarded that fellowship. So I had okay. to work full time and go mm -hmm. to school full time. Oh, it was my. difficult. It was difficult because I, I tell you, I'm older now. I'm like, listen, I'm no spring chicken. This okay. is not like getting up, <laughs> getting up and running and going, doing a lot of things. I'm like, oh, I'm, my body feels different when I wake up in the morning now and having to work and then go to class and then read and do homework. It was very difficult. And sometimes, you know, the enemy would creep in and say, are you sure you're even supposed to be here? Are you as good as your classmates? You know, I was at a predominantly white institution. So some of that imposter syndrome would sneak in. And, oh you know, it was just. It was a lot of things happening at the same time. And I have, you know, I, I, I am diagnosed with um, with panic disorder. So I would have panic attacks out the blue. I mean, it was just, it was very, it was a tough time, but it was my faith that kept me. It was having supportive friends, my family reminding me, you know what, when I was born, I was a premature baby. So the doctor said that I would be developmentally delayed and that I would... I would have delays throughout my life, but I had a praying grandmother who Praise stood God. over that incubator and said, not my granddaughter. So Praise my good departed, my, the Reverend, the late Reverend Annie Dale Wright said, no, not my baby. And from yes. then on, and I've been gifted. I've always done well. And so sometimes I had to have that reminder of who I was spoken to before I was even old enough to talk. My grandmother yes. had spoken those things. And even before she spoke those things, God had ordained those things. That before I was formed in my mother's womb, he had oh, called me to be where I am right now. Amen. So being in that place, even when it got difficult, there was always something that rose up that said, no, Adrienne, you can do this. My family constantly reminding me of who yes. I was. So it's important to have people who were connected to you who would say hey you can do this having a partner who would say hey babe you got this don't worry mm -hmm. about it you can do this so having those people having my friends constantly affirming me that yes. helped a lot to help me get through so even when it got difficult i was able to kind of rise up through that through that process and i took a year to kind of slow down a little bit when i was writing my dissertation i tell people yes. it took me a long time because some months I write two two sentences <laughs> versus <laughs> versus a lot of paragraphs. Been, been there, done that. <laughs> so, but I made it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was there was it was trying, but I'm glad to be on the other side of it now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you have you've said you said some things that were profound. You said you had a praying grandmother. You said they told you when you were this premature baby that you were going to come into this world with developmental delays. But that praying grandmother said, not my baby. And she already at the, when you were in your infant state, the foundational yes. state, she spoke life. And yes. when, when you may have gotten faint and didn't believe that, she and your family and your support system continue to speak life into you. And yes. then 
the enemy could not come in and defeat you with these internal thoughts that he places in our heads, you know, because we know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The grandmother and those praying people in your family, they were pulling down the strongholds that the enemy was trying to set up in your mind. And I oh, want yes. somebody out in the under the sound of our voices tonight and those that are going to listen later on to know that your support system is there to help you as well. Even if you just have one person, you may not have a loving family like Dr. Jackson, may not have a praying grandmother, but you might have just one person that's in your corner pushing for you believe that that person is there for you and trust and pour into them. It's because we're not an island to ourselves. And first and foremost, I would encourage those that are Christians to keep God first. I hear you saying that every, all throughout our conversations thus far, you have not spoken without including the Lord somewhere in there. She Dr. Jackson is a wise woman. She knew to keep God first. So I would encourage you all to keep God first. And even if you are not a Christian at this time, ask the Lord to come into your heart. And it's never too late to begin to live a life for him. This is what this is all about. This is why Dr. Jackson is sitting here tonight sharing her life story. And saying that, no, it wasn't easy writing that PhD and uh, writing that dissertation and coming through that PhD program. But I want to tell you all that anything that comes easy, it really isn't worthwhile anyway. The things that we have to labor for, suffer for, actually struggle for, and lay our lives down for, those things are what's worthwhile. And that is why. I celebrate you tonight, Dr. Jackson. I celebrate you tonight. And I want you to know that that I am celebrating you. And before we go on any further with our discussion, I will I would like to show our listening audience as a clip that I created just for you to celebrate you and your matriculation into a scholar, a PhD level scholar. Now take a look at this video.
wonderful celebratory video for Dr. Jackson. My Bible tells me to give honor where honor is due. That means that it is okay to give honor to someone. It's not that we are worshiping the person and it's not that we being prideful, but the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. And it's too many times out here that we throw hater aid at one another that we have this crab mentality, that when one crab gets up out of that barrel, the other crab is going to pull it back down. Why? Because they're jealous. Why? Because the person themselves have a problem with their own self-esteem and self-worth. But we mm-hmm. here in the Lotus Flower Podcast believe that it is the flower that blooms in adversity that's the greatest of them all. So none of us came into this world perfect. We all were sinners and shaping in iniquity. But God, when he gets into that life, he causes it to bloom and blossom like Dr. Jackson's life. And he causes it to come into purpose, the natural talent. And then somebody is to come along and to celebrate Dr. Jackson and her success. And we tonight celebrate you here at the Lotus Flower Podcast because you are giving your life to others, people to help and bless God's kingdom. Not You don't have your own private agenda. You have the agenda of Christ Jesus, and that is to be celebrated. So you use your natural talents to shape your career. And for that, that requires a lot of wisdom, knowing how to take raw talent and use it to shape your career. And when doing that, it took some, I'm sure, some focusing on, well, how was my financial state that I have to have? We all have to have money to live in this world, and we all want to live at certain levels and all. So you had to focus on, you know, money. But then again, you weren't so focused on money to the degree that it stopped you from being able to move into the purpose that God had for you. So you stop focusing on money at one point and you start focusing on your purpose. So tell us a little bit about how you were able to stop focusing on, you know, the material things and you needed the money, the car payments, house payments, food, clothing and all of that. But there was a time in your life where you must have decided that it was more important to actually do a paradigm shift and focus more on your purpose. So kind of expound a little bit on that, Dr. Jackson. So for for me, it was, you know, when I decided to take the pay cut, you know, that was a big decision because at that point in my career, I was making more money than I had ever made before. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is a, you know, a, a good amount of money. You're a social worker, you're working, you know, you're doing something that I, I didn't love it. I liked it. You know, it, it was paying the bills. I, you know, it helped me make sure my, my daughter had a good senior year or she had a great, she had a great childhood. You know, I was never, I, I didn't struggle to, you know, make sure she got on field trips. But at some point I had to start saying, this is not, I know that there was more out there that God wanted for me. So when I was applying for jobs, you know, I was back in about 2015, I was applying for jobs and I was like, Lord, you know, I'm looking at the salaries and I was like, well, yeah, because at that point I'm making, you know, 
really good money. So not quite six figures, but I was closer. <laughs> I was close. So I'm looking for jobs, you know. I'm like, well, I want to kind of go and, you know, get a raise. Then I start saying, well, I want to be happier. So let me start looking at making a little bit less. You know, my daughter's an adult. I can live a little bit, you know, on a budget. I can take a little pay cut to do something I enjoy. And I kept looking and still wasn't finding anything. And then when I finally got to that position at FAMU, I was like, oh, boy. Lord, this is a big pay cut. Now, this is, I don't, you know, I had to think about it a couple times. And, you know, it was even funnier when my my then boss, who's also, you know, I, I love her dearly. She's definitely a mentor and she helped guide me through my PhD. You know, she said, when she called me, she said, well, you know, she first called in. So we had three phone calls and she said, Miss Jackson, um, I got your... You know, you had a great interview. The search committee recommended you, but I'm looking at the salary you're making. And she said, I can't pay you what you're making. And I said, I understand, Dr. Bogan. I understand you can't pay me that amount of money. And she's like, okay, now, you know, I, I cannot, I may be able to go up a little bit, but I can't get you to where you are. I said, no problem, ma'am. And so then she, you know, about maybe a day later, she called me again. And this time she called me, she was like, okay, now, Adrian, <laughs> so you're from Miss Jackson. I said, all right, Adrian, are you sure now? Because I'm looking, you know, you make almost as much money as I make. Like, you making good money here. I was like, I know, but, you know, nope, I'm of sound mind. I know what I want to do. I want to take this position because this is the first time, well, not the first time, but this is another time I'll be getting paid to do where I think it is God is leaving me doing that work with college students. And so the third time she called me, you know, she's also my sorority sister. And she called me. She's like, all right, now, so are you absolutely positive you want to take this position? <laughs> and I just laughed. I said, if I can be honest with you, I'm taking this job because this is I prayed about it. And I have a piece that I don't even understand about taking this pay cut. And I'm going to take this pay cut because I know this is where God will have me in this season. And she said, you know what? Okay. And I say all that to say I took that pay cut. I was only at a pay cut for a year and a half because by the time she offered me that position as a director of social work, not only did I get a pay cut, I got awarded that fellowship for my PhD. That fellowship, what I hadn't mentioned is not only I had to go full time, not only, only did they pay all my tuition and fees, they paid me. I got $12,000 a year to do my PhD. So they also supported the students with the stipend. So between my pay increase and my stipend, I was now making more money than I had left before. So even in taking that pay cut, God oh, is still no. giving me even more after that. No. So when I stopped focusing on the money and focused on my purpose, it was a little bit, you know, God, God took me there. I was like, I don't know, Lord. But he got me to that place and he still blessed me from there. So he wow. definitely, it was a, it was a beautiful thing. That's amazing. Look at God because you were faithful and doing what he told you to do. You stopped focusing yes. on the money aspect and all, and you took your focus and you placed it on the purpose that God had for your life. And in doing so, the Lord opened up the windows of heaven and he poured out a blessing that you had not room enough to receive. 
And we thank God for being faithful, for yes. being faithful. And even your 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 mentor and the person that was interviewing you asked you several times, <laughs> is this truly what yeah. you want to do? But you were steadfast, unmovable. Yes. The, the songwriter says, always abiding in the word of the Lord. And you stayed the course. And yes. when staying the course, God opened the windows of opportunity for you. And I thank him for that. Isn't isn't that a good God? Oh, yes. He is a great God. I mean, I just, I could not believe it. And my sisters, you know, I have three younger sisters. And one of my sisters, she said, you know, sis, I thought you were crazy. But for leaving, she said, but I love watching your faith in action. She was like, yes. you make such big faith moves. I can only watch and say, even when it doesn't look like it makes sense, it always works. So I just I thank God for that. Amen. And even and and I'd like to say that it's during those times when it doesn't make sense to us that God is doing the biggest moving in our lives at that time. You know, yes. it's, a, it's a perfect storm because Absolutely. then we've got to walk by faith and allow Him to lead God and direct our every path. We get yes. on up out of the way, and that's what you did. And thank yes. God. Look what he did. At yes. the end of the day, the it was so much greater than what you would have gotten if you would have actually said, no, I'm not going to do this because I can't see yes. how it's going to turn out. Absolutely. Thank God that you took your focus off of what I've got to have right now and shifted it to something eternal. Purpose is eternal. That's going to walk with your daughter, your even your grandkids when and if you have them or when you have them, it's going to follow your legacy. It's yes. going to go when you said, you know, when you transition many, many, many moons from now, that legacy will follow somebody, yes. your daughter, your grandkids, they will pick up that PhD. They're going to read what you did. They're going to read about your life. And they will actually be be able to walk in your footsteps and maybe even take it further than you did. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, all because you were willing to listen to God and actually shift your focus. Yes, absolutely. I tell people all the time that it is so important to be able to, like the sons of Issachar, to discern the times and seasons so yes. that when you can discern it's time to move on, I, I know when it's time to move, I'm like, well, when it's time to move, God will move. And he always does it fast. Yes, I've yes. never had a move that didn't. Every time he transitioned me, it's been like, oh, man, I, you know, some people say, oh, you know, when I was transitioning to the government, they're like, it's going to mm -hmm. take you six, seven months to start. It took me two months to get into my position. That's how fast <laughs> it is that it happened for me. And people are like that never wow. happens that fast. But that's how I know it's God, because he's consistent for me. That's the way he speaks to me is he, he, I know I'm like, okay, God, you know, I need something. I need a little bit of writing on the wall. I don't want to make sure yes. this is But when it, it speeds up and I feel like that's when he gets you the purpose. Now you have to kind of get to where he has to, has you to go really quickly. And, and that's definitely what he's done in my life. Amen. Amen. And it sounds as if your, your purpose actually is overtaking you. And yes. uh, many, many, many that, you know, there's some things that you're walking in now that you probably didn't even realize would manifest yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And 
Yes, and that's that's amazing. That's amazing. I'd like to to say welcome to. I see on our on the screen here that we have uh, thirty one people that are watching, and I'd like to say welcome to you all uh, for watching this evening. And if you want to write something in the chat, our chat is open at this time. If you have some questions that you want to pose to Doctor. Uh, Adrian, you can do so, and we um, the tap the typing right here in the chat is available to you as well. Let's uh, move on further into our conversation, Doctor Jackson. Um, you stated that you know when you shifted your your um, mind from from being concerned about how I'm going to make it from day to day and whatnot. And which is important, and you move right on over to looking at your purpose, you began to ask the Lord, you know, for being creative in your particular job search and where he might really plant you. And so can you tell us a little bit about um, how you were having to be creative in the area of searching for positions as a woman of God? Uh, absolutely. So one of the things that I, I I always love is I like change. So I, I love doing different things. So when I actually got my the position I was in before this one, I was actually searching for a volunteer opportunity. I had moved to Valdosta and I said, well, I can I'm working remotely at FAMU, kind of going back. I don't have to go every day. Let me find something somewhere I can give to people. So doing what I enjoy, which was at that time volunteering with sexual assault programming, domestic violence. And then I saw those jobs pop up when I was looking for volunteer opportunities. I saw the jobs pop up with the government. And that's why I applied. I wasn't looking for a job. I was looking to volunteer and even looking to do something for somewhere else. God blessed me with the position I was in, which ultimately led me now from doing something on a small scale to doing mm-hmm. it on a, a larger scale. So what I would say is think about what your skills are and then mm-hmm. figure out how you can use those in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, exposing people to different opportunities. I talk wherever I can about the federal government. There are mm-hmm. so many different areas in the federal government that people can apply to. Now, it, it takes a lot. You know, sometimes it takes years of applying because now I had applied for government jobs for about maybe almost 10 years before I got one, you know, oh just on the cross. so mm-hmm. I had been, you know, I, I stay searching, but I would think about what do I enjoy doing? So one of my friends said, think about what you could do that you would like to do for free that you didn't have to be paid for. And for me, I said, well, I like telling people what to do. So that's, you know, so we laughed <laughs> and she said, but you know what? That looks like I think you'd be really good at managing programs. So okay. I started looking at program management positions. And mm-hmm. now, you know, I went from I was programming in my own nonprofit. Then I programmed for the university. Mm-hmm. Then I was able to parlay that to programming for the government for an installation. Now I get to contribute to Air Force wide programs. So oh, I get to be nice. even more impactful in the work that I'm doing just being creative and looking for opportunities. So I would say, don't count anything out. You know, look at, you can look at the school system. You can look at the government. You can look at the federal government, your state and your local government, that there's always something 
or somewhere you can use yourself if you really love talking or dealing with people and social services. Every mm -hmm. state and almost I'm sure every county has um, some service for what in Miami, it was called the Children's Trust Fund. But it's an organization that, you know, it helped better the lives of children in Miami-Dade County. But they gave out a newsletter and they would always have jobs at the end of the newsletter. Mm -hmm. One of my jobs I found when I was doing those home visiting with girls was in that newsletter. And it mm -hmm. said, who wants to be an infant mental health specialist? I had no clue what infant mental health was. You know, I'm thinking, are you doing therapy with babies? No. Right. You're actually, <laughs> you're helping build the attachment mm -hmm. relationship between parent and baby but that's an area i would have never thought but i was looking anywhere there was a job posted i was mm -hmm. going to subscribe to those things and i was going to look for it so being open and being very creative when you're looking for positions and talking to people you know again i've i've never met a stranger so mm -hmm. i will talk to anybody so if you're doing something i think is interesting i'm going to say hey could you tell me a little bit more about that and then mm -hmm. I will learn about it and figure out, well, let's see if that's something I'm interested in. You know, I love to read, so I don't mind doing a little bit of research. So just kind of getting out of our own way and not thinking, okay, well, the best way to make a lot of money is to be a doctor or a lawyer. I'm right. not that kind of, not that kind of doctor, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so just kind of looking at different career paths and figuring out what works, you know, is going to be very important in having a, a really creative job search. I see. And I like the idea where you said that even on that newsletter, you mm -hmm. looked on the bottom of that newsletter and there you were able to see that there were jobs listed and you you inquired about those things. And sometimes we don't even think to be cre to be that creative. You know, mm -hmm. that wherever we're searching, we might think, well, I need to get on Google and search on Indeed and things of that nature. But I like when you said you have never met a stranger. Also, that is oftentimes it can be by word of mouth, too, that we yeah. talk to people and they can let you know what's available and being yeah. open minded. You know, when you said I didn't know what maternal infant health was, you know, we had little infants and mental health. But you were open minded enough to say, well, I'm just not going to just be tunnel vision, but I'm going to inquire. And that's what I like someone to take away from this discussion tonight as well don't be tunnel vision thinking okay i can only focus on this i could just be like this tunnel but you've got to be broad wouldn't you say that when your perspective yeah. mm -hmm. absolutely you have to be broad and that's why you know even my you know majoring in social work it's because it's such a big field you can do anything you can work for in the hospital you can work in the schools you can work yeah you can work at the park you can do yeah. social work and you can create your own path because there's so many avenues to to being helpers or what we like to call ourselves change agents. That's we can right. help anybody from elderly to babies. So That's I absolutely right. love that. So if you love people and you're thinking about something, somebody may need to think about social work. You know, you don't have to be a caseworker. You don't have to take people's children. You can do a lot of things in this career. That's right. Now, tell us a little bit about your current position that you have and that you were promoted to. And what yeah, so, I, so currently, um, I am one of the prevention operations program managers uh, at the in the United States Air Force. And what I do is we have a large we have a very um, 
big commitment to making sure that airmen and their families are safe from any interpersonal or self-directed violence. When we say self-directed violence, we mean suicide. So mm-hmm. I get to create programs. So at the Pentagon, everybody knows the Pentagon, they mm-hmm. make the policies. They create the policies and the office I work for, we take those policies and make them programs to mm-hmm. share with those people doing the work I was doing before to make sure that airmen and their families are living their best healthy lives. Because ultimately, when you have men and women defending our freedoms, we want to make sure that they are whole, mind, yes. body, and spirit. And we want to make sure they are having healthy relationships with their families and that they are not dealing with mental health issues or if they are getting them the help they need so that, mm-hmm. that we're reducing the number of suicides happening and that we're just really encouraging healthy relationships. So now I get to be a part of an awesome team and we create those programs. So it oh. is so awesome to be able to be at the highest level, sitting in a room with generals and other PhDs or just other people who are passionate about this work. So I'm considered an Air Force expert. I was like, oh, okay, that sounds good. So I'm an Air Force expert with violence. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love the work I do. And I could Mm -hmm. not do that work without having support of family, a supportive mate who said, you know what, this is God, you know, you got a phone call saying, you know what, I got something for you. Are you interested? He's like, that's God. And you have to move with that. So being connected to good people, being connected to the right people will definitely help continue to propel you through purpose. So I am truly blessed. That's good, Dr. Dr. Jackson. That is amazing. The support system matters as well. And hearing God and moving swiftly when he says to move, even if we don't understand it, even if we don't have the whole picture. We still have to move swiftly because we don't want to miss that opportunity because that window may not open again. That's right. You might open right then, but who's to say if we wait five or six years down the line, is that same opportunity going to be there? Maybe it won't be. And for a woman of color, you know, to have matriculated up into the the, um, area that you're in, it is worth once again, celebrating. And for that, we're, we are grateful that the Lord has placed you amongst generals in the Air Force to sit in a room with other PhD level of uh, people and scholars and be able to put your brains together and write those policies that are ultimately going to save the lives of our uh, veterans and our military uh, people that are serving you know, those yeah. policies, they they are shared throughout the uh, military, I would imagine, or is it just yeah. for the Air Force? So we, we do it for the Air Force, but we collaborate a lot from our partners in the Army and Marines and Navy. So we're, we all have the same mission. So we often talk as well to make sure that we're doing, you know, what's in the best interest of the airmen, soldiers, the seamen, making sure that all of those men and women are supported. So absolutely. Amen. Amen. Dr. Jackson, this has been a very informative discussion. And I would like to know if there are anything else that you maybe didn't have a chance to share that you might want to share before we transition to a close. Oh, no. I mean, this has been amazing. 
I just want to implore everybody listening, whenever you listen to this, I pray that something that we discussed today will resonate with you and that you will go forth and that you will do whatever it is you think you want to do. You are more than capable. You have everything you need within you to be successful. Just tap into your relationship with Christ. Tap into your family and friends. And if you don't have any family or friends, go find you a mentor. Find me on social media. Please feel free to reach out. I love to talk to people and I love to help guide people to where they would like to be. Yes. Can you tell them what your social media handles are? Absolutely. If you find me on Facebook, it's Dr. Adrienne Jackson and um, my page. You can send me a friend request. I'm on Twitter as... um, Life, So you can find me there as well. But please, please reach out. I would love to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jackson. And thanks for giving us your contact information. I will put those in the description as well so that people can go back and reach out to you. Thank you for being such a blessing to God's kingdom and all. And thank you so much for being our special guest tonight on the Lotus Flower podcast. I was looking so forward to this discussion to be in the presence of greatness. I don't take it lightly. And especially in the presence of a woman of God, someone that loves the Lord with her whole heart, mind, body, and soul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you mind closing us out in prayer this evening? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you abounding in the spirit of truth, Lord God, first we say thank you, Lord God. Thank you for this fellowship, Lord God. Thank you for what I want to call this hour of power, Lord God, where we hope that everything that we said, Lord God, will resonate within your people, Heavenly Father. Let them come to this podcast, Lord God, to be reinvigorated, Lord God, replenished, Lord God, renewed, Lord God, to seek their fresh purpose, to seek fresh perspective, Lord God, just to seek the fresh and new thing that you're going to do for them in their next season, Lord God. Father God, I ask that you would continue that anyone under the sound of my voice, Lord God, who could connect to this prayer in the realm of the spirit, Lord God, continue to bless them beyond what they could think, speak, or even imagine, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we know that when you founded the earth, Lord God, you said a couple things, Lord God. You said, let there be, Lord God. So Lord, in that spirit, Lord God, we say, let there be creativity, Lord God, in their thoughts, Lord God. Let there be peace, Heavenly Father, as they continue to look and seek you, Lord God. Let there be comfort, Lord God, when they get weary, Lord God. Let there be inspiration, Lord God, from what they hear this evening, Lord God. Let there be faith, Lord God, when they need to be lifted, Lord God. Let there be tenacity, Lord God, when they want to keep going, Heavenly Father. Let there be everything that you need them to have in order to be successful on this evening, Lord God. We come against the spirit of fear, Lord God. We come against the spirit of failure, Lord God. But we speak, Lord God, every good and pleasing thing that you would have in their life, Lord God. I come before you, Lord God, decreeing and declaring greatness, Lord God. They are fearfully and wonderfully made, Lord God. They are ambassadors of greatness, Heavenly Father. So, Father God, we come and we speak from the north, Lord God. We ask that your winds of replenishment will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord God, and overtake them and their families, oh God. Let there be a blessing for them, Lord God, their children and their children's children, Heavenly Father. Lord Lord. God, I ask, Heavenly Father, that everyone connected to me, Lord God, be blessed, Heavenly Father. That everyone that may not be connected 
connected to me yet, Lord God, but even those connections that are coming, Lord God, we speak your goodness, Lord God, and we thank you in advance, Lord God, because we know that you can and you will do anything but fail, Lord God. We just thank you for your blessings, Lord God. We thank you for this time, Heavenly Father, and ultimately, we thank you because we know that with all these degrees, we have nothing you, Lord God. So yes. we thank you, Heavenly Father, for a new day, mm-hmm. Lord God, for health, for strength, for wellness, Lord God, to continue to walk where you would have us to go, Lord God. Yes. Continue yes. to illuminate our path, Lord God, to remove the yes. enemy, Lord God, from everything that yes. he would try yes. to do yes. to dissuade us, Lord God, to discourage yes. us, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus, Hallelujah. Lord God. It's not about what we have, yes. Lord God, or what we want, Lord mm. God, but it's about yes. what he would have us to do, Lord yes. God. Jesus. So, Father yes. God, we bless yes. you, Lord, we thank you, oh Lord God, God, and we will continue, up, Lord God, to give you name praises. Oh, oh God. thank you, Father we just God. Bless you, Lord Jesus. God. We give you Jesus. all the glory, Lord God. Jesus. Hallelujah! It's thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And continue, Lord God, to connect yes, us to Lord. people, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Enemies all across the land, Lord God, but we know, Heavenly Father, that there is no weapon that is formed against us that shall prosper, Lord God. So we just ask, Lord God, that you would continue to keep us, Lord God. Continue to speak through us, Lord God. Continue, Lord God. Not to just have us speak a sermon, but for us to be a sermon, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. I give you all the glory, Lord God. I just praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord God, I'm giving you glory already for their success, Lord God. Thank I'm you, giving Jesus. you honor, Lord God, for the blessings that you, are to come, Heavenly Father. And Lord, Lord, we know that at the beginning, middle, and end of the thank day, Lord God, it is thank you who can do nothing but fail, Lord God. Thank so we you, thank you. We appreciate you, Lord God. We love you, oh Lord. And we will continue, Lord God, as long as there is breath in our body to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. It is in your son, Jesus' name, that I seal this Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Dr. Adrian Jackson, a woman of humility, a woman that loves you, a woman that's after your own heart. We thank you for how you have opened doors of opportunity for Dr. Jackson, doors that she didn't even see. That were going to be open, but you opened them, Lord God, because of her obedience to you. And we thank thank you, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would continue, Lord God, to put people in her path, Lord God, that will mentor her and that will steer her into the direction in which you would have her to go. Because this is only the beginning. Oh, God, we say that a PhD is the highest that you can go, but we know that the sky is the limit to what we can have in you. Because in you, we live, and in you, we move, and in you, we have our being. And so, Father God, we thank you. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise for what you are doing in Dr. Adrian Jackson's life. Continue to bless this woman and continue, Lord God, to use her in your kingdom. And for those, Lord God, under the sound of my voice that do not know you in the pardoning of their sins, Lord God, we pray for them that they would come unto you, Lord God, even on tonight. 
or even yes. say this podcast later on because it's only in you that a dr jackson was able to matriculate Thank into you. the higher epilogues of society and Thank we you. know that you are no respecter of persons but we know yes. that we've got to have a relationship with you yes. in order to have these doors of opportunity open so lord Thank god you. we know that this is a christian podcast and thank we you. lord god are giving life and life is yes. found in you and god yes. we thank you for your life that's flowing tonight and that's going to flow even after this podcast goes off and somebody is thank watching you. at three in the morning and they yes. hear dr jackson speaking that life thank is going to flow to them oh god yes. because the life is in her and yes. it is flowing out of her thank into oh the lives that know that they need to have it so they thank can be you. resurrected in you. And we thank you yes. for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. And we yes. love you. We give you the glory yes. and we give you the honor and we oh, give you the praise that's due unto you. These are all other blessings we ask in the sound, strong matchless name yes, of Jesus. God. Thank God. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Dr. Jackson. And thank yes, you to all of you all. I see we have 40, 37 now that are on. Thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you, Dr. Jackson. Be sure to listen to the podcast and share it with your social media network, family, friends, yes. and loved ones. Thank, thank you for being you. our special guest. God bless you, sweetie. God bless you. Good night. Have a good evening. Good night. What a blessing. What a blessing. A blessed woman of God joining us tonight. None other than Dr. Adrian Jackson. We are grateful to have her with us this evening. She told us her story about how God took what she thought wasn't going to manifest. And he not only caused it to manifest, but he actually did exceedingly and abundantly above all that she could even ask or think. And so we thank God for that. We thank God that tonight our discussion was rich. It was fruitful. And I pray that those that are under the sound of our voice tonight and those that are going to listen later on in the future, that you will be blessed by what was shared, that your lives will be forever changed. Once again, we want to send a shout out to Dr. Jackson for recently this month, no, the last month, for completing her PhD. She completed her PhD from Florida State University in higher education and administration programming. And from there, she was received a promotion with the United States Air Force. And we are grateful for that. So we want to show you this video once again that we created just for her to say congratulations, Dr. Adrian Jackson.
Amen. I'll tell you, my soul is on fire right now. Oh, I am feeling mighty good. Why? Because we actually brought in the Lord Jesus Christ into this discussion. You know, if you didn't feel him in this discussion, then you've got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. God showed up and he showed out. And for that, we're grateful. Thank God that he has a messenger by the name of Dr. Adrian Jackson. She is on fire for the Lord. We thank and praise God for all that he's doing in Dr. Jackson's life and all that he's going to do. Be sure that you watch this episode even again, or if you are just tuning in or will tune in in the future, watch the episode and take note of those discussion points that we've talked about and follow those things out, just like they were a roadmap. Those things work for Dr. Adrian and they will work for you. And she showed, shared those points so freely and so I want you to take note of those discussion points and I want you to ask the Lord, how can I take what was shared and actually fit it into my life or into my grandchildren's life or into my child's life or into my student's life or into someone in my social media network life to help them? She talked freely about having a mentor and the importance of having mentors in your life. So be that mentor for someone else. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Once again, this is the Lotus Flower Podcast. And I am your host, Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, along with my co-host, the Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr. Be sure to subscribe to the Lotus Flower podcast. We air on the Emerging Hope YouTube ministry channel. We also air on the Amazon Music podcast channel. We air on Google Podcast. Reason FM, Spotify, Wix.com, and RSS.com. We are grateful for the pleasure to present this culturally relevant, spiritually uplifting, educational podcast to our listening audience. Once again, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Lotus flower podcast. When doing so, you will never miss an episode. Each time that the podcast airs, it will drop right into your inbox and you will be able to listen to that at your leisure, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Once again, I am Dr. Pamela Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us this evening for the Lotus Flower Podcast. It is the flower that blooms in adversity that is the greatest of them all, the Lotus Flower Podcast.